Did you know since the outbreak of the coronavirus, the percentage of couples seeking divorce is up 34% during the months of March through June compared to those same months in 2019? In today's episode of the Family Shift Podcast, we're going to be asking six questions that every couple must ask in order to shift the atmosphere of their marriage. This is the Family Shift Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this month's edition to the Family Shift Podcast, a podcast designed to help families stop drifting and start living with greater intention. My name is Rodney Gage, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Michelle Gage. Hello, everybody. So glad you're with us today. Yes, absolutely. It's an honor to have each of you join with us. And as always, it really does mean a great deal to us if you take just a moment to rate and review uh, the podcast. We would love to hear from you. Any comments uh, that you would love to uh, make um, to recommend it to other friends and people that you know that would benefit. It would mean a great deal, not only to us, but ultimately to them. And that's what this podcast is all about. So make sure you share it with your friends, rate and review. It really does make a great difference. Well, today we are going to be talking about, I believe, some things that's going to be extremely helpful and practical. And, you know, here we are still in the middle of a uh, global crisis, a pandemic known as COVID-19, the coronavirus, which has greatly affected all of us. It's turned our worlds upside down. We've been pivoting and adjusting seemingly for the last six, seven months. Who would have ever thought 2020 would be what it is and look like the way it looks? But here we are, and we are in the month of September now, and it's just crazy. It's hard to believe. But Michelle, you ran across something actually today that really kind of stood out to us through a a report or column that you read concerning what's going on with couples today. Yeah, and and we've been talking to a lot of couples too, and this has stood out. But uh, this uh, Fox News report says the U.S. has seen a sharp rise in the number of couples interested in or filing for divorce since the coronavirus outbreak began in March. And according to a new report, the combination of stress, unemployment, financial strain, and a number of other factors as caused by the pandemic has put a significant strain on relationships. And and you said it at the beginning, we've seen a rise, a 34% rise from this time last year in couples filing for or going through and getting a divorce, which... Uh, nobody wants to see that happening. And, you know, it has been tough. It's been a strain on the family relationships and um, on marriage relationships during this whole time, you know. And I think the thought that when is this going to end (laughs) makes it even harder, Um, you know, just the the panic almost that people are in in this situation. But, um, you know, it... Well, I was just going to say, yeah, the thing that's interesting is that because of this unusual season that we're in, I think, if anything, with this coronavirus season, especially the whole lockdown, quarantine, social distancing, you know, all those things that we've obviously been having to uh, abide by and, you know, conform to, I think, if anything, it's exposed a lot of things that many couples have either been just hiding, maybe suppressing, Mm -hmm. 
um, maybe have just been kind of swept under the rug, just really trying to maybe overlook or ignore. And then all of a sudden, over the last six, seven months, uh, being together 24-7, being cooped up, um, you know, obviously the high stress toll of just uncertainty, the change, loss of job, all the fears and, un, un, you know, the, uh, the concerns about the unknown uh, financially, you know, with kids, all of the uh, adjustments, you know, the, the start and the stops, you know, all of the things that have ter- really just turned our world upside down. It's been brought to my attention that even that can become anger, you yeah. know, and there might be some repressed anger inside of us or inside of those um, that we're talking about today. And it, 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 these type of things can bring it out. Yeah, things it, that have been there all along, you know. Yeah, it's taken its toll. Yeah. And I believe, if anything, what 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 a lot of this these stats that you just shared a few moments ago, I think in many ways it, it those are, I guess, some some symptoms that maybe um, that has emerged that has just exposed some underlying core issues that maybe mm-hmm. couples have just never really been able to get their arms around and overcome and right. find you know, a healthy solution to getting their lives and getting their marriage back to a healthy place. And some have just chosen to, you know, just reach the conclusion that, you know, hey, you know, there's too much water under the bridge or, you know, we just keep fighting over the same things. We keep, you know, hashing things out over and over and over. It's just making matters worse. And so all of that said, I think what happens for many, they reach that place or conclusion you know what? It's just irreconcilable. You know, we, we, we just have our we just have our, our differences and we're gonna go our separate ways. And it kind of reminds me of something that we experienced not too long ago on a canoeing trip with our family of all things yes. that I think kind of best illustrates what maybe a lot of couples are experiencing. What you tell that yeah, story is I pretty actually hilarious. Got to, yes. I actually got to go kayaking with my sister this past week, and so it brought that story back to my memory of when we went canoeing with my family, and or you and I and our family and my mom and dad several years ago when the kids were younger. And uh, we got out there. Mom and dad were doing great. The kids were great. They went out. The, I think the girls were together, and Luke was with mom and dad, and you and I ended up in the last canoe. And we were struggling so much so that the guy that sent us out was laughing at us and because we could not uh, we get never it together. got away from the dock i don't think <laughs> well we got far enough away we, where we could go in circles yeah everybody else was probably at least 100 yards <laughs> out in front of us terrible. you know having the best time and we were literally going in circles we could and not get those uh, paddles going together well, in the right direction you were in front Whatever it took, i was not. i was in back and you know obviously when you get the oars you're supposed to kind of you know uh go opposite so if i'm paddling on the right you're supposed to be pad- paddling on the left and usually the one who is in back is supposed to lead and um uh-huh. or be the primary driver if you will well i was in back you were in front and um, I'm sure I was trying to take I, the lead. And then, of course, you know, I'm doing it wrong. She's <laughs> telling me I'm doing it wrong. I'm telling her she's doing it wrong. And oh. so we're just kind of like going, and she's holding her ground. I'm holding my ground of the way it's supposed to be done. Literally. And as we were paddling, the harder we paddled, the faster we paddled, I think the faster and bigger the circles we made. 
and it I, was great comedy for the guy on the side. Yeah, that guy there. was like, what in the world? What a bunch of idiots. And but our family anyway. was ahead of us just having the time of their life. Yeah, they're like, what, what's mom and dad doing? Well, we were fighting, <laughs> trying to figure out how to get the canoe going in the right direction. And uh, who was right and who was wrong. But it, it's a cute illustration, I guess, to emphasize the point that, and of course, it's no laughing matter in terms of the, the hurt and the reality of what many couples face because they yeah. do feel like they're just spinning in circles. They're just really not going anywhere. They keep hashing out the same old, same old. Mm-hmm. So often, you know, it is... Um, you know, maybe reverting back to things that have happened in the past, and we keep casting blame, we want to point fingers, we want to condemn, judge, you know, the guilt, the shame, the, con- the condemnation, all the things that go with it. Yeah, and young marriages, things that they bring with them that they didn't even realize they had, and, and we're, uh, we definitely want to say that we've been there in our marriage. Yeah. We've, we've and, spun those circles, and we've hashed it out, and, you know, the longer you work at it, you, it can either get really, really bad, or you can figure it out and work it out. And um, I think that's what we're talking about today. Right. Yeah. And what was interesting also, before we jump into the questions we want to talk about today, you know, even in this article that Fox News, uh, was actually a report that was that was released through uh, a firm of legal uh, professionals. And um, they were talking about how even the younger couples, those who have actually been married a shorter period of time were the ones who are also experiencing high levels of stress and many who unfortunately ended up going down the path of divorce. Yeah, even less than a year married. Yeah, and so it goes to show that no one's exempt. And at the end of the day, whether you know, you're just starting out in the marriage relationship or maybe you've been married for a long time and you're some, or maybe somewhere in the middle, whether you got kids, no kids, empty, empty nesters. I want to share something with you today, and, and Michelle and I are going to just talk through this, that we have found, you know, we've been married for almost 30 years, and by no means do we have a perfect, you know, we're not perfect, mm. we never have claimed to have a perfect marriage. No, and um, the coronavirus is... Oh yeah, we've I had said our it last moments. time. I think it's brought out the best and it's brought out the worst. Absolutely. And we definitely felt like we were spinning in circles at the beginning. Yes. I think just trying to work through things. But we have, I think, had a, I guess, a perspective that we've brought into the marriage relationship right. that I think that's helped us weather a lot of setbacks and storms and challenges and differences. You know that that everyone has. But, and that's the beauty of marriage, you know, you're taking two completely different individuals and they are coming together really as one. And that leads me to a a verse of scripture that I want to read. And uh, obviously we're people of faith and uh, we build everything in our lives and in our marriage on the foundation of the Bible, on our faith and really look to that as the rock and the source of hope and strength and really guidance, wisdom in our lives. And in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 31 through 33, and I'm going to read it in what is referred to as the Passion Translation. And I love the way it kind of captures this thought. It says, For this reason a man is to leave his father and his mother and lovingly hold to his wife, since the two have become joined as one flesh. Marriage is the beautiful design 
of the Almighty, a great and sacred mystery, meant to be a vivid example of Christ and His church. So every married man should be gracious to his wife just as he is gracious to himself, and every wife should be tenderly devoted to her husband. I thought that was a great way that the Passion Translation captures those few verses of Scripture, really emphasizing how you have both a man and a woman who are coming together, who bring differences, different backgrounds, different personalities, different perspectives, different maybe a set of values that maybe um, you know have shaped a lot of their thinking and belief system, mm-hmm. and yet two individuals coming together, and now they are forming into one. So one mind, one heart, one purpose, and really one goal as a husband and a wife that are now committed to doing life together as one. And so I think every couple ends up at a place at the very beginning of their marriage with good intentions. Every couple desires to want to experience you know, everything that life has, their dreams, their goals, their aspirations, they're coming together because there was something about their partner that drew them to one another, that attracted them to one another, that really pushed them to that point of saying, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. And so you go in with all these positive dreams and hopes and aspirations, and then all of a sudden, a few years maybe into it, and you realize that, wait a minute, this person is not the same person that I used to know. Or maybe something happens that suddenly begins to expose some things that many couples are going through right now. And what happens is that over the course of time, and for some it's sooner, some it takes longer, but at some point couples are going to deal with major issues that you're either going to unite them or divide them. Right. And usually where we get the call, where we get, you know, somebody who is reaching out for help, so often what happens by the time we get to sit down with those people, there's already been maybe months, if not potentially years mm-hmm. of a lot of challenges that makes it even more complex and complicated on how to move forward rather than spinning in circles, going nowhere, and they keep hashing the same old stuff over and over and over. I guess... It really is a question of, okay, well, what can couples do and what are some practical steps that they can take to start moving forward to get some wanna, positive momentum? Right. right. In I just want to take a second to say you've been doing this for uh, 30 years now. You've actually been coaching uh, families and parents and couples through situations. And um, it, you have such a gift to do that. And I don't know that if people know that, that you've been doing that for 30 years. You've writ- you wrote books 25, 30 years ago, um, dealing with relationship issues. And you have so much wisdom to offer people. And um, today, I think it's just going to be great what you have to say around these areas. Well, prior to the podcast, Michelle said, Rodney, why don't you just walk through yeah. with these couples the the same, you know, uh, framework that you would that you would discuss, you know, with someone in, in person. Right. If they came to sit down and want to talk. And and so that's what I'm gonna do today. And so I would encourage you, in fact we'll have the show notes available and if you want to jot down this, uh, if you have something to write on, I'm gonna give you six questions. 
And we're not going to elaborate a lot because these, in many ways, this is going to be on you. These are some exercises that you and your spouse are going to need to prioritize. But this, these six questions can really serve as more of a framework that I think can help begin to uh, allow for lines of communication to be opened back up and can also, I think, if anything, just start, instead of being destructive in, you know, conversations uh, and things that we say or things that we do, let this be more of a healthy, productive, constructive way of getting your marriage moving in a healthy direction. So here are six questions that I believe couples can ask that will help shift the atmosphere of their marriage. And question number one is this, and I want to preface this by saying my recommendation is that you set aside some time as a couple. Get away from the kids. If you have kids, uh, you can maybe do this over a meal, maybe over lunch or over dinner. Sometimes when you're out in public, you're less likely to explode. Um, but I would make sure that you have uh, a right atmosphere, no distractions. It is good timing. You have it planned, but you get this on the calendar and you just get together and ask this question. And this is a very honest it is a very transparent question that you are to ask each other, and each one responds with the answer. And here's the question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate the health of your marriage relationship? Now, as a husband, you need to ask your wife that, and as a wife, ask your husband that. So ask the question, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would I or how would we rate the health of our marriage relationship? And the purpose of this question is to help open those lines of communication that maybe have just been shut. Maybe you can't seemingly have a conversation without it ending into you know an argument. Mm-hmm. And so it's essential that you just right up front, you lay down the ground rules and you do everything in your human power to avoid any unnecessary or unhealthy conflict. There's no need to bring up the past. This is not a time to judge, to attack, or to condemn your mate, but rather just take the time to have open and honest feedback. Share why you gave your marriage the score that you presented. Just say, if, and on a scale of 1 to 10, if you said, you know, right now, honestly... It's a it's a minus fifty. Okay, <laughs> well, be honest, just be, uh, but but be realistic. Okay, just but be as very honest and sincere and realistic as you can. But let's just say it was a two. Okay, on a scale of one to ten, if it was a two, well, explain why you would give it that kind of a rating, and then and we'll 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 talk through this at the end uh, with the final question. But here's the goal: the goal is just to evaluate your current relational your current spiritual, and your current emotional health and security because the goal is to feel safe inside of your marriage. Mm-hmm. And, if it, and if right now, if there's a high level of insecurity, it may be a lack of trust, it's simply because you don't feel safe in your marriage. You don't feel safe to be able to share openly and transparent, transparently for the fear of it escalating into an argument or being ridiculed or condemned or being judged. So with that in mind, that's question number number one. Question number two is this. What is the vision and purpose for our marriage? 
And this is important, and the reason why, because, listen, no couple ever drifts their way into a healthy marriage. Oh, so true. So every couple ends up somewhere, but few couples end up somewhere on purpose. So the question is, is maybe you need to either define or maybe redefine where you want to go, who you want to become, and what you want to be known for as a couple. Because right now, if you do not have a real sense of clarity when it comes to really why you're together as a husband and wife, and really what the vision is for your marriage, then you're going to have to either define that or redefine that. Because at the end of the day, it's really about who you want to become. Obviously, you're not where you could be or not where you should be. So the question is, okay, well, who do you want to become? What do you want to be known for? Because what this whole exercise is all about is, okay, well, how are we going to get there? And then that leads me to the next question, question number three, and that is what values are most important to our marriage? So basically, that simply means what qualities or what are the non-negotiables Or what are the priorities that are most important to us as a couple? Because this is where a lot of arguments begin, because there's a lot of differences. So here's my recommendation. My recommendation would be that as uh, as individuals, you just write down just an exhaustive list of qualities that are important to you. Just make an exhaustive list. And then after you complete that, Come back together as a couple and share with each other that list of qualities or values that you wrote out that was, that was important to you and explain why those qualities are important to you. Now, here's what this is going to do. It's going to expose some things that really, if anything, I think helps you to understand maybe why you see things from different perspectives. But I think it's also going to even expose how you actually have more in common than probably what what you actually realize. So the goal here is to begin narrowing down these lists of priorities or values so that they become shared values and priorities that you as a couple begin to build into your everyday life. And so these values are going to be the glue that holds it all together. I like that. And so values are the glue. Yes. I just think most couples, I'd be safe to say the majority of couples, don't ever think through this kind of stuff before they get married, let alone even, you know, in their in their marriage relationship. Absolutely. I don't think we did that really like where we wrote it down before we got married, but it's something that we kind of figured out. Yes. And just like a business, a company, organization is going to take the time to write out a vision and mission statement and, you know, a set of core values. Why do they do that? They do that to help answer the why we exist question. Mm -hmm. They do that to help emphasize to their employees, this is what's important to us as as a company or as an organization. And these are the code of ethics or this is the set of behaviors that we want to be known for you know, in our business. Well, why can't we do that same thing in our marriage relationship? Why can't we be known for those same values and qualities in our marriage and in our family? 
And so that is question number three. What values are most important to our marriage? Question number four, what distractions or perhaps activities are competing with our marriage vision and values? Now, this is huge. And the Mm -hmm. reason why this is such an important question is because there's usually a gap between what we say is important and what our commitments reveal on our calendars and in our bank account. So true. So we can say all day long, you know, what's important to us, but the bigger question is, do our commitments back that up? Or is there a major gap between our commitments and what we say is actually important? What we have to do is come together and we have to close that gap. And how do we close that gap? Here's how we close it. We close it by doing less. In other words, we have to say no to the good things so we can say yes to the best things. And sometimes that can be very, very difficult. But I'm here to tell you, the less you do, the more quality time and the more effective you're going to be at actually living out your priorities and values because all of those other things will only compete against your priorities and your values. And they may not be bad things. It's just that if we have a lot going on in our world and we all like to justify it by saying, well, we're just so busy. If I've heard that once, I've heard it a million times. But here's what busy stands for. It stands for being under Satan's yoke. You know what? That's crazy because the the virus has slowed everybody down, you know, and now it's starting to pick back up. We got the activities, we're getting it, our calendars filled back up. But here's here's a kicker. Since the whole coronavirus pandemic and everybody being shut down, locked in and quarantined, (laughs) social media has perhaps been oh, the number one massive deter, you know, a distraction that has deterred our attention away from one another. And so we're there physically in the same house, but we're not all there mentally and emotionally, spiritually and relationally. Yeah. So that's huge. And so we have to ask the question, okay, what activities or distractions are competing with our marriage vision and values? Question number five. What unmet needs are being overlooked or neglected in our marriage relationship? Years ago, in one of the books that I um, wrote, especially when it came to uh, parent-teen relationships, I put together a needs uh, acronym. I love acrostics, and I got another one for you. So in the word needs, N-E-E-D-S, need stands for noticed, encouragement, empathy, direction, and security. And at some point, we all, every, everybody has a need to be needed. Everybody wants to be wanted. Everybody has that sense of security. Everybody needs a sense of belonging. Everybody needs encouragement. Everybody needs that shoulder to cry on, that sense of empathy. Everybody needs to be noticed. So all of those needs are important. Maybe it's the need for affection, which helps breed security. Maybe what we need is to sit down and say, okay, I am running. My emotional tank is on empty. I give and I give and I give, but there are no deposits that are being made Mm -hmm. back into my life. And we have to make deposits into our spouse's life. Because if we don't, they will eventually dry up. And you know, a sponge, if you set that wet, you know, moist sponge out on the countertop 
and you just leave it there for hours or upon days without it receiving any moisture, what happens? It dries up. It dries up and becomes mm-hmm. as hard as a rock. And that's yeah. what happens to the hearts wow. of many people. Their hearts become hardened. Why? Because of the unmet, neglected needs in their lives. And so that's yeah. where you just have to enter into each other's world and ask, what can I do? And that leads me to the last question, and that is this. What are three things that we can do in the next 30 days that would shift the atmosphere and health of our marriage relationship? So Mm -hmm. going back to the very beginning, let's say you rated your marriage as a two. Well, ask your spouse the question, what could I do? If you're the guilty party, maybe of you know, not doing what you could or should, ask your, ask your spouse the question who rated it as a two. Say, okay, what can I do over the next 30 days that would take it from a two to a five? Hmm. And they just sit and listen. And let them share things that you can do, whether it's things that you do just domestically that helps around the house or with the kids or maybe just not spending as much time at work or on the computer or on social media or whatever. Let them just Mm -hmm. share. But whatever those actions are, make a commitment to start doing those things and watch the shift. Watch the atmosphere change before your very own eyes. So listen, love is a verb. It's an action. Mm -hmm. It's not something we feel. And you say, well, I just don't feel like doing that. I just don't feel like, well, listen, here's what I've also learned. Sometimes I don't feel feel like getting up and exercising. (laughs) But here's what I've learned. I've learned that when you do it, feelings follow actions. And so when you begin doing those things, that's going to help put those deposits back in your relationship. When you start doing those things that starts building trust and building security back in that relationship, now all of a sudden you are now moving in a direction that you long to have and to experience in your marriage. So I pray that these six things have been helpful. These specific questions have been helpful to serve as a framework for you and your spouse to sit down and start working through some of the challenges that maybe have you spinning in circles. Our desire here at Family Shift is to get you moving in a healthy, productive, and positive direction to make those shifts so that you can begin living with greater intention. That was great. That was so good. Well, that's know? a mouthful. And a lot I know easier like said than done. Drinking yeah. water from my fire hydrant. And yes, <laughs> so underscore though. exclamation point. It is a heck of a lot easier said than done. But together, if yeah. we'll make the commitment yes. and promise not to... You know, listen, do not condemn, judge, belittle, don't use sarcasm, don't, listen, do not shame, don't bring up the past, let's just focus on the future and see what God will do. Yes. We're out of time for this month's episode of the Family Shift Podcast. Once again, it would mean a great deal to us if you would rate and review, share it with your friends, and plus, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, make sure you get the, uh, the show notes as well. And uh, also take a screenshot of maybe you listening and sharing it with your friends. We would love to hear from you. Ask us questions. Feel free to email uh, us at Family Shift. We would love to be able to respond to some of the questions and topics that are heavy on your heart. Well, until next month, 
Hey, listen, here at Family Shift, let's all commit to stop drifting and start living with greater intention. Thank you for joining us today on the Family Shift Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage. If you're receiving hope and encouragement from this podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and share it with your friends on social media. You can also receive the Family Shift Discussion Guide and show notes right into your inbox by signing up or downloading the discussion guides by going to familyshift.com backslash podcast. If you haven't had a chance to get a copy of Rodney and Michelle's new book, Family Shift, you can find links to purchase it at familyshift.com. Also, check out the new Family Shift 7-Day Devotional on the YouVersion Bible app. Once again, thank you for joining us at the Family Shift Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage.